as we left for the pro-life march, my mom told me to do something that I failed at miserably. And she said, Zach, would you please take um, videos, maybe interview some of the kids on your Instagram account, and let them know, like, ask them why are they on the march so people can see how amazing our diocese is. And I tried that one time and um, didn't work. And I tried a second time and I said, well, I'll let my mom know that we're saying hello to her. So as we were heading um, out our first morning, as we were going out to uh, see the different sites for our service day, um, I took a video and I had my bus, on the bus that I was originally on, and I said, hey, I'm going to take a video for my mom to say hello, um, and then we'll let her know what we're up to. And I recorded it. I put it on Instagram. And within like five minutes, I had 17 likes. I was like, whoa, that's pretty crazy. And then someone said to me, um, the mic wasn't on, so you can't hear what you're saying. And it was kind of weird because I'm thinking like if I'm, if I'm golfing, right, I'm just teeing this thing up. It went so smoothly and I swung and I thought the ball went off. And it's almost like the ball was left on the tee. Because why would we like a video when somebody's saying something, hopefully important, but we didn't hear the, the message? All we see are the lips moving. And maybe we thought it was something cool. Maybe it's because I put a hashtag on there, hashtag hi mom. Or maybe I put a hashtag in there, why we march or march for life. But for some reason, I had 17 likes. So immediately, I deleted it and just thought to myself, how many of us do our lives look like that? We like to look the part, like the right things, but we're not truly hearing the voice that we need to hear, which is the voice of God. You know, in our gospel reading today, Jesus calls out to Peter and John, and it says that he saw them. First, they hear his voice. And his voice must have been the most angelic voice they ever heard because what they were doing, they're in their own boat. They're doing their own thing. They're doing what they want to do. They're looking for worldly glory, worldly success. Yet he, in his love, calls them out of the seas, out of the ways of the world, and calls them to to the shore. And now Jesus, by standing on the shore, is, is saying, make a decision to follow me. He says, come after me and follow me. But by him being on the shore is saying, I need you all in. I need you all in. The, way, the water is a symbol of the ways of the world, the temptations of the flesh that you and I struggle with from time to time. And the Lord is saying, enough. I need you to bring your boats to shore, your will to the shore, and come follow me to be on solid ground. Because we need to be on solid ground. You know, isn't it easy when you're with different people on the March for Life and you're doing morning prayer, you're going to Mass, you're praying the Rosary, do you ever notice how much easier it is just to be you and to really stand up for what you believe? But the temptation as you go back home is going to be to go back to your old way of life and just go back out to the sea and just say, meh, that was just a march. That was cool for that day. I'll delete everything off my social media that I posted because I don't want people to really know what I was up to. But the Lord is calling us to know his voice and to let him gaze upon you. To know that he calls you and he wants your immediate response. He doesn't want your excuses. Because when we look at the word of God, Jesus calls all sorts of people who have been in some really negative and nasty and horrible circumstances. 
You know, you can look at different people in the Old Testament. You know, you have Noah. He got drunk. You can look at David. He committed adultery. You can look at all these different people in the Old Testament. Saul became Paul, who just celebrated his feast day yesterday, who literally persecuted and consented to killing Christians. But because of this intense love, this intense gaze, this voice of God, they dropped everything and started to follow him even more deeply, knowing his mercy and knowing he always calls us back to solid ground. And today also in the church, it's the first time ever. It's Word of God Sunday because Pope Francis is calling us, everyone here, to devote yourself more deeply to the Word of God so you can know what his voice sounds like, so you can know where he's calling you, know exactly where he's calling you in your life. And Jesus' invitation is for everyone here, again, to come out of the water. Not, not, not making excuses, but just immediately come right to him. And when you come to him, he doesn't come to you at the shore and say, oh, look at all your sins. And he says, come to me and I will give you rest. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And he's asking for your commitment. It's not a very popular thing to do in our world today, to make a commitment. And to say goodbye to your old life and to venture into the new life that he proposes to you. You know, and is, is it going to be easy? I wish I could say it was going to be easy. Jesus never promised an easy life for us. But what he does promise is eternal salvation. He says, if you want to follow me, first, you must deny yourself. So am I doing that daily? Am I dying to self daily? And then he says, then come pick up your cross and come follow me. I can remember when I first started following the Lord and really being honest and being real with the Lord. And I told my family, hey, I'm thinking of being a priest. And it scared me even just to say that because I didn't know much about the faith. I was very, um, I was very much like a, a D minus level, maybe an F of being a Catholic. I didn't know much of anything. And yet, the Lord met me where I was at. He provided a priest to come meet with me and talk to me. And he gave me some scriptures to go over on this Word of God Sunday, some scriptures to go over to give me some hope to know that I could do it, to answer his call. I'd read things from like Jeremiah 29, 11, 13 that says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart, when you have come all the way out of the, out of the waters to the shore and you're all in. And shortly after I told my, my parents, you know, I'm thinking of being a priest, I find myself in the hospital. Over the next two years, I'd be in another hospital with collapsed lungs, collapsed lungs. And there was one night where I was, you know, I was living on the shore. And when you have a collapsed lung, what the doctor does, he takes a chest tube, sticks it into your side so your lung can reinflate, which is not the most um, comfortable thing in the world, by the way. At one point, it was the chest tube was literally th- sticking to my right pectoral muscle. 
And I remember just like praying a prayer of surrender, saying, Lord, I'm all in. If I die tonight, I'm all in. I don't want, I don't want anybody to know that I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wishy-washy with my faith. And I also was provided a scripture from a different priest that told me, always go to Sirach in the Old Testament, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And I just want you just to hear this voice, which is, it's a voice from a father speaking to his child. And this is what I heard when I was going through a trial, when I was playing around the ways of the world, but I was trying to recommit and resurrender my life to Christ. And Sirach says to his son, he says, My child, when you come to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for trials. Be sincere of heart and steadfast. And do not be impetuous in times of adversity. Cling to him. Do not leave him, that you may prosper in your last days. And whatever happens, accept it. In periods of humiliation, be patient. For in fire, gold is tested, and the chosen in the crucible of humiliation. Trust in God, and he will help you. Make your way straight and hope in him, you that fear the Lord. Wait for his mercy. Do not stray lest you fall. You that fear the Lord, trust in him, and your reward will not be lost. You know, it's not going to be easy. I'm not going to promise you an easy life if you say, I'm going to be all in in my Catholic faith. But we have to remember intentionally the words of Jeremiah. God's plans are of hope. And the more we fully surrender our hearts to him, the more we'll be able to hear him, just like Peter, just like John, just like James, just like Andrew, that left everything they were doing. And we always have to go back to our encounters with God. We always have to go back to what is our why. And we always have to go back to those places where the Lord pierces our hearts with his love. And he calls us more intentionally to discern his will. And if we know how much he loves us, if we just know how much he loves us, and I don't mean head knowledge, I mean heart knowledge. If you know his love, it transforms everything. And his love is personal, and it's specific, and it's unique. And it makes you do crazy things, like even say, I'll be your priest. It makes you do crazy things by getting married and saying, I'm going to say no to every other person in the world except for that one. It makes you do things that are crazy by saying, I will be your spiritual bride, Jesus. I will be your bride. Because as we hear in Isaiah 43, 1 through 5, he says, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Through the rivers, you shall not be swept away. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned nor will flames consume you. For I, the Lord, am your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt and ransom for you, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give people in return for you and nations in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. From the east, I will bring back your offspring. From the west, I will gather you. The eternal truth of sacred scripture is that he loves you. He is a warrior God 
who's going to war with sin because he finds you worth it. He would surrender everything for you. He surrenders everything for you. And more than that, he wants to call you each by name. He wants you to know his voice. And that means some of us need to surrender some of our friendships, our hobbies, and probably most difficult, our time. But so we can hear him. So that if I'm on Snapchat, or if I'm on Instagram, or on Facebook, and I see a post, and I don't even listen to the message, I have to surrender and learn how to take the time to really listen to the wrong messages and listen to the correct messages and search for the truth. And his name for each of us is personal. And he's always going to call you by a name so you will know his voice in the depths of your soul. And he's going to remind you of who you are and he's not going to call you by your sins. Only the devil, the father of lies, knows you by name and calls you by your sins. However, however, our God, who is perfect love, knows your sins, but he calls you by your, by your name. And what is God's name for each of us? It's my beloved. My beloved son or my beloved daughter. It's, it's my child. And if we know that and we experience that and we believe that in our hearts, if we follow him and allow him to transform our hearts from his loving gaze, it's much easier to surrender your life to love like that. And as Jesus calls everyone from every walk of life, he calls us to know that his love for you is exactly what you need. And he asks you on this Word of God Sunday, open the Word of God. Find out what I've done in people's lives. Adam and Eve disobeyed. Abraham was too old. Jacob was a liar. Gideon was afraid. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were considered too young. Again, David had an affair. He committed adultery. Moses was a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Jonah ran from God. Peter denied Christ to his face three times. The Samaritan woman was divorced five times. You know, Timothy had an ulcer. John the Baptist was weird. He ate bugs. <laughs> and Lazarus was dead. So what do you need to get over in your life to never go back to your old way? What do you need to surrender to him? And what do we need? I would say the first thing that we need, we need true friends. You know, friends who care more about our souls than having fun. Especially fun that makes us sin. So if you're realizing in the first time in your life that maybe I don't have any friends, I would say you might be on the right track. It took me until I was 26 years old to realize I didn't have any friends. We need friends who love the Eucharist, who love the church, who love the Word of God, who love the saints, who love the Blessed Mother, and who want to always remain on fire for the gospel. We, we, we need friends who have our back, that when we're falling, they just catch us as soon as we even see us tempted towards darkness. And our friends, when they see us drifting out to the waters for our old ways of life, they pull us back in. 
you know, ones that will actually accompany us in the good, the bad, and the ugly, so we can remain free in Christ. So firstly, I would just encourage you, if you don't have any friends, pray for authentic friendships. Pray for real friends to come your way that can hold you accountable and be there for you when, you're, when, you're, when you find that trials are coming. Also, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to give us a spirit of courage and self-control and to burn away all in us that makes us cowards and all, and, and, and all that makes us believe that this lie. My sins will make me happy. My sins will make me happy. The Holy Spirit burns that reality away. We need the Holy Spirit to keep us in fire so we can remain on the solid ground that Christ calls us to. To follow him wherever he asks us to go, to build his kingdom. Because we hear in Galatians 5.1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. And Psalm 6.6 says, blessed be God who filled my soul with fire. So what do we do? We pray for that fire to fall down. We pray for heaven to come down to earth. So I'm going to ask you to pray with me. And then we're going to have a time where we're going to sing a little bit of the song from Holy Spirit. And just ask to be filled with spirits so that when we leave here, we go back changed. So if you desire to do that, I'm just going to ask you to put your hands out in front of you. And just to give Jesus permission to let his fire fall. And you can repeat after me. Jesus. I give you permission, give you permission to, let your fire fall on me. to let your fire fall on me. I surrender everything, I surrender everything to, your to your Lordship. And I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I am sorry for all of my sins. I ask you to forgive me, you to forgive me. and set me free. Jesus, I repent from my sins. I give you permission to convert my heart, to heal my heart, so I can live in your grace, to praise you, to adore you, to love you, and to minister to others. So that, I can, so that I can be an instrument, so be an instrument of, healing of healing and evangelization. And evangelization. Please, help me Please help me defeat the power of the enemy, and to, the enemy. and to do the Father's will in my life. So that I can grow in holiness every day. And come into union union with the Father Father and the Son Son and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Let the fire fall. fall. So if you desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to know the love of God, keep your hands open and let us pray and sing the Holy Spirit song. And just know that the Holy Spirit's welcome here. When When we say here, we mean in this space, but we also mean in our hearts. Holy Spirit, you are.